every time he pops up, I'm like, hey, it's Mando. And they got the little bubble now, and it's just like mm. Baby Yoda being like, burr, 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 burr. like you yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Toydarians and Nemoidians of all ages, hello there, and welcome to The Fet and the Furious, a show where fellow like-minded flyboys have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and everything related to the galaxy far, far away. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow space scallywag pirate, Travis to discuss the season three premiere of Disney Plus's Crown Jewel ongoing Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, Chapter 17, The Apostate. Hey, everybody, it's Mando. It's been more than two years since the spectacular conclusion to The Mandalorian's second season, where we watched Din Djarin bid goodbye to his adoptive son, the baby Yoda, as he completed his final quest and returned him to his people, a CGI version of 20-something-year-old Mark Hamill. Viewers have been chomping at the bit to find out what happens next. Where will the show go without baby Yoda? Will our favorite space lone wolf ever meet our favorite space Muppet cub? Will Mando get a new spaceship after his original one bit the dust? What? Will the future of this show even be? Well, the premiere starts with Mando and Grogu back together again in a Naboo starfighter, saving people from gigantic dinosaur turtles, fighting swampy space pirates, and being upright adorable. How did this all happen? It's as if there was something missing. An hour and a half of this tale, not told, and viewers are just left to pick up the pieces. Now, Travis... You and I stuck it out for the excruciatingly whack toy commercial that was the Book of Boba Fett. We noted how there were some episodes wedged right there in the middle that fell totally out of place, but were also remarkably more enjoyable than the rest of the show. Do you think that sneaking the continuing adventures of Mando and the Baby Yoda in the middle of what was possibly the worst installment of Disney-era Star Wars... Was that a mistake that could have possibly confused the fuck out of many viewers who tuned into this season three premiere? No, because they're kind enough to repeat scenes and dialogue from those two episodes to explain all both of those things, kind of, why they're back together and all that. And it... It's made this show worse, just ever so slightly, by having to redo shit that they shouldn't have done there in the first place. They shouldn't have done the Book of Boba Fett at all, even though those two episodes are awesome. Do you think that those two episodes would have felt anticlimactic being the follow-up installments to The Mandalorian, though, as if we waited two years after bidding goodbye to... Uh, Mando and Baby Yoda and thinking Mandalorian is just going to go off. Din Djarin's going to go off on his own right now. Yeah. 
and then just the first it's like that game of thrones yeah immediately like the game of thrones episode where Jon snow died in the finale and then the season premiere he just came back from the dead right away Mm -hmm. and you're like oh that was uneventful you know what i mean yeah do you think there would have been a little bit of that though isn't there still though because like the next time we saw them they were getting back together kind of so yeah, yeah, and then there's the double-edged sword of what you brought up where like it doesn't matter because they explained except for the Luke Skywalker thing like that yeah, just wasn't yeah. brought up at they're, all. They're just back together and there's some stuff they repeat here kind of. Uh, yeah, the whole like you know because Mando I had to think did just they, the uh the the plot line of Mando having to go to Mandalore and bathe in the lakes of Minnetonka or whatever, and purifying himself in the the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Yes, 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 yes yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which is impossible not to think about every single time they talk about the living waters of whatever, of whatever. Of course, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, I had to take a second guess and think: when did all of that happen? Like where <laughs> Mando took his helmet off and they found out about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, it happened in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, and that show took a complete detour and became the Mandalorian for an entire episode and a half, basically. Um, no, I would say two full episodes because it's like there's like three minutes of Boba Fett uh, plotline in those two episodes. Yeah, yeah, Asian of Shield pops up. And yeah. says something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, Fennec Shand. Fett himself gets one sentence, I think, in two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and wears his helmet in zero seconds of those two episodes. Mm. The thing that made that character cool. Um, yeah. Was that said to you? I kind of feel like Mando's not taking advantage of being a reprobate. No, or an apostate, rather. Uh, he doesn't have to wear the helmet. Whenever he bathes in those waters, it's going to purify him and it's a get out of hell free card. I saw with these mandos. Yeah, it feels like the uh, the Catholicism thing that like, oh, as long as I go to confession, like I'm okay on Sundays. You know what I mean? Um, indeed, indeed. Yeah, it, it's one of the things that I liked about this episode. And when I I saw the name apostate, I thought about um, both you and I watched Martin Scorsese's Silence recently. Um, and apostate's a word that is used a lot in that movie, right? Uh, kind of like uh, almost like borderline racist Japanese slander in that film, like making them look out like like kind of monsters, even though it's not. Well, but it, it was kind of the time they were Christians were legitimately being put to death uh, in horrific fashion or whatnot. But uh, that movie deals doubt, and I'm kind of wondering if we'll ever see our Mandalorian hero here start to doubt the, uh, the, the code of conduct that he lives by since it's a weird, uh, fundamentalist cult type thing. Yeah. Also the, the group he's a part of, they kind of betrayed Mandalore to Darth Maul. Yeah. Tattooed Darth Maul. Yeah. 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 Chest tat Darth Maul, uh, robot (laughs) leg and chest tat Darth, Darth Maul. Um, you know, wore Ed Hardy shirts and stuff back then. It was a weird time, <laughs> the mid two thousands. Um, <laughs> but uh, like 
to that extent, you know, I, I saw the name of the episode was like chapter 17, the apostate. And, I, and part of me remembered, oh, yeah, the Mandalorian's confusing and they're not going to call this episode three. They're going to call this chapter 17. <laughs> and I'm going to have yeah. to do math every single week on this show to remember what chapter we're up to, mm-hmm. um, which is annoying, but it is still cool. I like it. Um, but I saw the name and thought we are going to be dealing with uh the the religious extremism and one of the things i love not just like i love about the much aligned last jedi is that it's really the only mainline star wars um episode that dealt with the prequels and what i think is kind of the main theme of the prequels which is like we took this too seriously and we failed like the failure of the jedi um and that kind of like extremism and there is a moment in the book of boba fett episode where you know he's explaining to the armorer how the child is with the Jedi. And she's saying, you know, the Jedi's way is giving up all uh, emotions and him saying, but that's the opposite of our creed, right? There's a lot Mm -hmm. of solidarity. And what's the name of the, that children of something the the Mandalorian that, that uh, Din Djarin is a part of in the armor. The children in the watch. Death watch. Um, Death watch. Yeah. Yeah. They lived on like the moon of Mandalore while the Empire, right? Wasn't that like a thing that was going on? They were like banished or something like that. But they're descendants of the Death Watch. So the children of the Watch are all about like solidarity as a team, as a group. The Jedi are all about like give up all of your personal attachments, give up all of your emotions, give up all of your friendship. And then the Bo-Katan side is like a third wing of this borderline fanaticism that's all about um, history and mythology and, and like the lore of Mandalore itself. Like the land is magical and the dark saber is magical and the history. Um, So I'm thinking, okay, this is a cool, this is cool table setting for the general theme of where I'm going to imagine the show is going to go. You know, this is the way is something that's like the saying on the show. This is the way. Um, Mandalorian, uh, the Mandalorian fucking Mando and Grogu are going to forge their own way. They're going to forge and lead all of these factions back to Mandalore. You know, the, yeah. the Asgard isn't a place. It's a people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I assume that's what it is too. Like, yeah. I'm sure we'll see, uh, Din Jarn using the dark Sager more and more as things go on. I don't know if they'll ever have him. Uh, be shown to be force sensitive or whatever, but it that wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm gonna say there was a uh, a uh, force sensitive Mandalorian at some point. You would think. Well, there was the the force sensitive Mandalorian, Vizsla uh, or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. something Vizsla. Who if Star Wars fans listening to this are like punching their their steering wheel as they're driving yeah, to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, we we fucked up a few things already. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. We are babies. casual fans. Yeah, yeah, we are casual <laughs> fans. We acknowledge Star Wars is for babies, um, but we still really like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to call this thing Baby Yoda. I know its name is Grogu. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I know his name is Dinjarin. I'm going to keep saying fucking Mando this entire time. We can at least uh, differentiate between Jawas and Tusken Raiders. But yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course, of course. They're all pink on the inside, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Um, which was something that we discussed a lot about. What were those tentacled people uh, during the Book of Boba Fett? Twi'leks. Twi'leks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another question I had other than, is this confusing the shit out of people who didn't watch the Book of Boba Fett? Because if we didn't have the podcast, I might have tuned out on that show after two or three episodes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then having a presence on the internet i would have heard oh there's a mandalorian episode and luke skywalker and ahsoka in it i would have watched those but yeah yeah yeah. i imagine a casual more casual viewer who just subscribes to disney plus like wouldn't like my mom loves the mandalorian i know she did not watch book of boba fett like i know (laughs) she didn't you know um so uh i i gotta think do mental gymnastics to remember where did this happen? When did this happen? The other thing is the, uh, the time scale on this, like how many years have passed since Navarro seems much more built up. Yeah. Well, the thing is like the beginning of this, this episode starts on some like unknown planet and we see the armorer Mandalorian making a new Mandalorian helmet and doing this like baptism ceremony for yeah. a young, uh, what do they call them? A foundling, right? Yeah. Yes. But there's a lot of people in the creed now in the children of the watch. When we last saw them in the book of Boba Fett, there were only two left, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, yeah. Well, I, Three, because uh, Vizsla's descendant was one of them. The guy with the, the big guy with the Gatling gun. Yeah, yeah, Paz Vizsla is his name for those nerds out there who are getting upset with <laughs> us. I know that. Guy's last name. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah, Paz Vizsla. Uh-huh. Um, so I had to think, like, oh my god, how long has it been since the Book of Boba Fett? Because they've obviously recruited a lot of people into this, and not all of them are like children. Like some of them are grown ass <laughs> Mandalorians. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, when this started, and one, it starts with the hammering noise. Right this this episode was written by John Favreau and. I thought of uh, how he probably built that helmet in a cave with a box of scraps, you know, instantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um, and then we see this child being initiated with this large group of Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's you know, not just any Mandalorians, it's Death Watch uh, Mandalorians, the ones that subscribe to the. the 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 code kind of of keeping your fucking helmet on at all times even if it's a uh, shitty looking Hasbro helmet <laughs> yeah did yeah, you like the colors helmet yeah yeah I, I did not like this child's yeah. helmet colors I didn't like the helmet kind of at all I as a yeah yeah I it, it's it's fine for what it is but I guess but a toy yeah. commercial. Yeah, and then they get to this kid and he recites some dialogue. And on second watch, I had to Google who this child actor is because I I had a sneaking suspicion that he was related to someone in Hollywood. And 
a Nepo baby, as they call them now in the tabloids. Yes, yes, it is Jimmy Kimmel's nephew. I, uh, mm-hmm. it's, a nephew, it's not a big deal, but he's not great. <laughs> he's terrible. Um, yeah. And as they're doing the baptism ceremony, and he's doing the creed uh, very poorly, like saying the words <laughs> after her. Um, they get to the part where it's like, and I shall never remove my helmet from here on out. And as the kid is about to say it, a giant alligator turtle comes out and this action sequence starts. Travis, did you think this was a flashback? No, no. Well, oh. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, yes. Uh, when I first saw the kid, but uh, I thought it was supposed to be Din Djarin at the beginning, but then I saw the helmet, so I assumed it was not. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. I was like, oh, that's weird because Din Djarin's helmet's a different color, right? And I thought maybe he got a paint job along the way, you know, when he grew up or something like that. And I also thought, you know, as they get older, like your head gets bigger and it's weird <laughs> that I'm, you're never allowed to take this thing off. So how do you like change clothes and shit? I was know? thinking about the haircut situation. This kid has a very pretty long hair. So and that and just like, religious rights i could see a haircut like being uh going full monk or whatever yeah 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 or there was a there's some sort of like blind barber in the mandalorian uh, <laughs> he's the only one that's allowed to cut people's hair yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they they poke his eyes out or something like that and like give him a razor uh, uh, yeah. or a droid or a droid i didn't even think about that forgot about those guys um i thought that this was a flashback up until we see the Naboo starfighter come in and save the day. Right. And Mm -hmm. in my head, I thought this is how Din Djarin is going to get back into his Kree because we're going to find out that there was some legalese where he never finished his Kree during his baptism ceremony. And he never said, I will not take (laughs) off my helmet. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That was that that was my hot take um, because, you know, that would be some bullshit thing. He'd be like, you know, I never finished it. I never said it so I can come back in. You know, what do you think of the fight scene with the uh, alligator turtle? Yes, I uh, Mandalorians are some of the best uh, fighters in the universe, allegedly. And galaxy galaxy. Yeah, 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 I yeah. I just was surprised that they thought the the best part of this animal to attack would be its hard as hell shell. Yeah. I, uh, guess they're not familiar with how turtles work or anything. Uh huh. Uh huh. They never saw Avatar two where they we learned we had to shoot underneath the belly to to get to it. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, thankfully, they saw it, and <laughs> and Mando pops up. Yeah. But- Here's my defense to all these guys, except for Paz Vizsla and the armorer. Mm-hmm. Maybe these guys have only been Mandalorians for however amount of time <laughs> has passed since the last time we saw it, because we know the creed was, yeah, it was only two people. All these other mm-hmm. people are brand new. They're just learning, you know? Um, possibly, possibly. There's some really wonky ADR here. I hate to complain because I like this episode, <laughs> but they're like, Tick to the skies, Mandalorians. You know what I mean? Um, No, no, it was just wonky. It just didn't sound like it was coming from any of these things because they don't have mouths. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generic action movie shit, you know? 
there's a bit with the uh, the Gatling gun guy where he's flying but not shooting at the thing. Uh, that was weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like how uh, the creature ate a couple of these guys. I thought that <laughs> was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. It's always nice. Yeah. But then uh, our buddy, we hear the Mando music and we see the <laughs> N1 Starfighter come through and basically blast the shit out of this thing. Now, you know, I, I was a, uh, a vegetarian for many years, uh, until like relatively recently, the past, like two years, I started eating meat. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think it's whack that these guys like attacked this thing in its natural territory? Like they were in its <laughs> waters, you know? That's true. That's true. I, uh, it's an alligator. You gotta defend yourself. Granted, they have jetpacks, so they can probably get away from this thing. They don't have to murder it, but I guess yeah, they're actually like, doing baptisms here. So let's go to the other side of the lake, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because when I saw the N one Starfighter come down and just blast the fucking thing, I thought, why didn't Baby Grogu just put this thing to sleep like it did the Rancor? You know. Could have, could have, but then you wouldn't have gooey, uh, like gory bits flying off of it whenever it exploded. Uh, yeah, the goo was pretty cool. The goo was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I really just hoped everyone watched the Book of Boba Fett, or they wouldn't know what the fuck is going on and why in Episode <laughs> One and One Starfighter just popped up here. You know what I'm saying? Um, however. Uh, we got one of the most iconic shots in cinema history and probably one of the most profound things that's happened to humanity in a very long time. And this is when the Naboo Starfighter lands now and it's got the little bubble in the back <laughs> and we get to see Baby Yoda poke his little baby head up and cool. Indeed, it's... indeed. Now you also uh, watch your films with subtitles on. Have you enjoyed the subtitles for Baby Yoda cooing Baby Yoda? Well, it says like Grogu coos, and it's like Grogu coos inquisitively and things like that. Have you noticed all that? I have. I have. That's fun. I, uh... It is very fun. It is very fun. Um, yeah, so after landing his ship, uh, Mando goes to visit the armorer in her in her cave with her box of scraps and basically um, repeats everything that we learned during the book of Boba Fett and asks how he can redeem himself, even though he knows how he can redeem himself. Like, yes, they literally him. go over this where it's just almost the exact same dialogue, but reversed where she gives it to him in the fucking book of Boba Fett. And it's odd. It's very strange. And, uh, yeah, we're reminded that he is a Mandalorian no more since he willingly removed his helmet. And um, the Creed speaks about redemption. But the armorer is like, there is no redemption because you're not able to redeem yourself anymore uh, by bathing in the mines of the living waters that were destroyed during the great uh, purge of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. Because Mandalore was like hit with cosmic rays, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like radioactive and poisonous gas or something, and it's, it's a barren hellscape is what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. And so then you show us it being blown up, I think, if memory serves, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that in the Book of Boba Fett? 
Gee, I can't remember like where. I don't recall on that. I think so, but I can't say for certain on that one. Yeah, I, I can't remember when we would have seen it in context, kind of. Yeah, I remember it, the shot looking really cool and uh, and very James Cameron T two, right? Yeah, like yeah. it it was the bubble Akira Terminator two explosion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mando pulls out a green Jolly Rancher rock, <laughs> um, that someone acquired by visiting Mandalore. He says he got it from a bunch of Jawas. You can't remember if we've seen this anywhere, right? No, I don't think we have. I I, I feel strongly that we have not seen this thing before, and Jawas are becoming a go-to excuse for how people get anything <laughs> to move yeah. this plot ahead. That's yeah. fine, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, the more Jawas, the better. I'm, ha- I'm happy whenever they pop their little, their beady little eyes out. Um, yeah, yeah. I do like the way that Baby Yoda looks at this Jolly Rancher, like he wants to eat it as well. Oh, I was uh, going to mention his puppy dog eyes whenever uh, they're trying yeah. to convince the armorer to. This is the way. Yeah, you say no to this face, you know. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, so like this inscription like kind of proves that Mandalore's entire surface has been crystallized with these fusion rays, but since some traveler was able to reach the mines, Dinjarin is basically like, so if I get there and I prove that I got there, I'll be redeemed and you know, this yeah. is the way. So the armor accepts his quest and um and baby Yoda coos. Um now this is like another big question that I have, which is can't Din Djarin just like go away for a little while and come back and be like, I did it. <laughs> Working the honor system. Uh have we ever seen a camera in the galaxy far, far away? Yes, we have. I am an idiot. We saw one in the very first Star Wars A New Hope. The Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're oh, yeah, my only yeah, help. Yeah. There's, there's ways to transmit your image across uh, the galaxy. Right? Yeah. Do you think that we're not going to be able to get IG-11 working and this is going to be their way to shoehorn C-3PO and R2-D2 into this stupid fucking story. No, no. I I don't expect to see especially R2, but I don't think that'll be the reason for why. You don't think it's going to be to bring him so he can take a selfie purifying himself in the Minnetonka? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you Surely he will have to bring through, but yeah, maybe not. Uh. Yeah, because all I imagine is, uh, you know, Pedro Pascal with a fucking the Mandalorian helmet on taking like an iPhone selfie in a pool and being like, I did it, you know, post to be like, did you check my Instagram? I was totally there. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, The next sequence I thought was kind of cute where Mando's basically like they're in hyperspace in mm-hmm. the... Uh, in the N1 and he's like taking the snooze behind the wheel and we get baby Yoda basically like in his little bubble, like looking out the window, like a little kid, like watching the hyperspace tunnels. Um, yeah. And we see some large shapes traveling. Yeah, they're not along them. Okay. 
So we both don't know a lot about these things, right? Well, I know that they were introduced in Rebels, uh, and I don't like the episode that they they were introduced in. That episode is kind of boring to me, uh, but they're important. <laughs> these things are called purgles. Yes, and they're yes. a semi-sentient species of giant whales that live in deep space and are able to travel from star system to star system because they like live in the hyperspace realm, right? Mm-hmm. So like hyperspace in Star Wars and 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 light speed and uh all that and warp drive and Star Trek exist uh very much in the event horizon interstellar theory of travel where you're not flying from point a to point b you're like bending space yeah Yeah. and opening it back up and that space that it exists within is is hyperspace so these things are able to somehow like traverse that right and i know their lore goes back to like old republic days like before um hyperspace travel was realized and it was like people observing these things gave them the idea for how to create the technology to address that right Mm -hmm. and i never watched rebels i know you watched (laughs) part of it i've watched a few seasons of it yeah yeah i do plan to finish it at some point i know that i they're important with uh ezra's uh the main character of rebels kind of Okay. He disappears at the end of Rebels with these fucking things, and yes, I assume this is a tease for him coming because we know a lot of the Rebels characters are going to show up in a Ahsoka. I'm wondering if he's going to show up before then in this or something. But so we also know that Ahsoka's mission from I think that was the Book of Boba Fett where she popped up and she basically said like I'm looking for. Oh, no, it was uh, Mandalorian season two. Okay. Episode yep. four or five, whatever. Uh, exactly my yeah. point. Like I'm, I'm like forgetting where these things <laughs> were happening. Um, so she's looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, right? And Jedi Ezra, the main character and apparently the worst character of Rebels. Um, I like his lightsaber. Oh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't actually hate Ezra, and he's just like. With Clone Wars 2, the filler episodes are fucking rough in Rebels and yeah. Clone Wars for me. But yeah. then whenever it's good, it's really good. Yeah, 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 that's what I've heard too. I mean, um, I like Ahsoka better than Ezra. Um, yes, that was a, yes. That was a, that was a better me. than Ezra band joke. Um, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know when a joke's not funny, so you have to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've heard of better than Ezra, I think, but yes. I've I never have. heard them, but I've, I've seen a them. t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never heard them seen a t-shirt, you know. Less than like, Jake. I've, I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them better than Ezra, but less than Jake, yeah. Um. <laughs> that works. That works. Yeah. Um, so Rebels ended because Ezra could like talk to animals that was like his one of his like powers or something well, along those lines right i think uh i remember having with the pergles i don't remember if it happened with any others there may have been spiders or something okay it might have yeah. been space spiders <laughs> yeah um, yeah uh I, my memory of it's 
hazy at this point, uh, much to the, uh, the listeners' chagrin here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Punching their steering wheel to the point <laughs> where, like, a fucking airbag shoots off. At this point, it, that's part of my enjoyment on covering Star Wars, probably. Oh, it's, it's the best part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than again, to talk about Muppets, it is by far the best part about talking about Star Wars. Um, but he bonded to a bunch of Purgles to fight Admiral Thrawn while he was like doing something and rebels ended with these space whales grabbing Thrawn ship by their tentacle things and like pulling Ezra and Thrawn into hyperspace. And they're like stuck in hyperspace somewhere. Mm -hmm. So we know Dave Filoni's in charge. We know these things are all like Dave Filoni's babies. We know there's an Ahsoka show. So something There's casting is casting for a lot of these. I have a few of the Rebels characters. I don't remember if Ezra's been cast yet or not, but that's Believe definitely gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um yeah, so then Dinjarin uh lands the N1 Starfighter in Navarro, the planet where we met um Carl Weathers and Werner Herzog, like the first two seasons of yeah. fucking uh Mandalorian took place like the place that was like not Tatooine we swear it's not Tatooine right <laughs> is it not a, a city on Tatooine I, I thought it was but maybe not no no because the name of the city is actually Navarro City by the way Navarro is oh is okay, Navarro City on Navarro okay yes yes you know That's how there's known. Earth City on Earth <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like that exactly yeah. like that a hundred percent. But what if the whole planet was a city? You um, would think it would be less shitty if the whole planet's named after it, but uh granted it yeah. is much nicer now, but it is much nicer now. Um I do like, by the way, before he lands, the air traffic controllers say, uh, state your business, welcome to Navarro, state your business. And he says, I'm here to visit an old friend. Old friend is an expression that rings long and loud and proud in star wars it's something like obi-wan has said it's something mm-hmm. anakin has said i think it's one of the last things obi-wan said to anakin before they got into their fight in episode three right like goodbye old friend or something along those lines i don't so, know on that eh. yeah i don't know i'd have to look it up but i don't have time i'm lazy i'm a lazy <laughs> lazy man so yeah, Din Djarin is uh, walking the streets of Navarro City with a uh, little baby Yoda in his little basket cradle. Um, the streets are cleaner. The streets are safer. They have like uh, a band playing Renaissance fair music on the side of the street. They do. They do. And uh, there are various species uh, roaming these streets, including inside one of these trees, a bunch of uh, Kawakian monkey lizards uh, cackling. Uh, yes, yes, the salacious uh, bee crumb uh, fucking uh, species, pretty much. Uh, I was surprised to learn today that it, uh, the name is a tribute to Robert Crumb, the uh, comic artist, uh, kind of. Uh, yeah. The cat. Uh, yeah, famed cartoonist, Zap Comics, um, Robert Crumb being one of the most influential and like borderline prestigious comic book artist i think of all time right like his work kind of um like 
went beyond comics. Like he never wrote for Marvel or DC yeah, or yeah. anything. Yeah, but his artwork is weird looking. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And dirty. Salacious, you might say. Yeah, yeah. That is all part of what made me look it up. Is Salacious Robert Crumb. That makes sense. And yeah. Have you ever seen the documentary uh Crumb? No, no, I've not. Oh, it's awesome, man. Um Criterion actually put it out on Blu-ray a couple years ago, and the commentary is by none other than Roger Ebert, who is like a huge fan and love this guy so fucking much. I know he like kind of funded the documentary back in the day and mm-hmm. was like a big champion of it. Totally worth checking out. Um he had a very tough life, uh like really abusive mother, mentally ill brother. Um yeah, really really tough shit and uh like when his brother, I think his brother might have killed himself or got institutionalized. Um, the mom like tore up all their artwork basically like all the all these like pages of like really famous shit like exists out there uh, existed until the mom was just like this isn't worth anything like destroyed it um i kind of got in a fight with a co-worker the other day because i said i was happy to see these muppets back and he's like those were cgi those weren't muppets you think these were muppets are you talking about the uh I'm talking about Salacious B. Crumb. Yeah, those were Muppets. They would not look as janky if they were CGI. They wouldn't look as good either. But No, they wouldn't look like little puppets in a tree going, you yeah, know. Yeah, those were puppets. Uh, yeah. Your friend is wrong. Yeah, that's why I punched him in the nose. and uh, Rightfully so. Thank you, thank you. That's what I tried to explain to the human resource director. Yeah, at yeah, the yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> They pass a statue of uh, IG-11 here and uh, Mando Ramon. That we've actually seen before in either the Book of Boba Fett or in Mandalorian Season 2. I don't recall. But yeah. We definitely saw it in the background of one of them because they didn't make note of it. They didn't stop and say hi to it or anything like that. So they do now. And he's like, remember your old friend? Remember your old pal? Um you know the previously ons man like did you think it was weird how they had ig11 in this thing like in the previously on i was like why are they doing a flashback to ig11 you know that's a bizarre <laughs> i didn't thing. watch the previously on <laughs> it was all ig11 like in lava like walking oh, through right. lava yeah yeah that i that's kind of why i don't like watching previously on because they spoil kind of what's going to happen in the episode you're going to watch anytime they start bringing up a character you haven't seen in ages oh they're yeah returning. i know yeah i know i know i used to like them on lost because like lost had like 24 episodes per season yeah. you know what i mean so and yeah, yeah. the whole the whole bit with lost was like each episode was like a character's episode you know what i mean like because mm-hmm. half of it took place in a flashback half of it took place like on the island so like you get a Jack previously on. You're like, oh, this week's going to be a Jack episode. You know yeah. what I mean? Or you get an Ava Angelilli one and you're like, oh my God, her hair looks so good long. You know, like who would cut this thing yeah. short? You know? Um, 
There is something really special about the way uh, Carl Weathers says Mando. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's a Pete Carman. That's so good. Uh, yeah, I watched. Um, well, I went to the theaters last night uh, and saw Creed Three, a movie I really, really dug. Um, and then got home and watched Rocky Four for some reason. That's the one where where uh, Apollo dies. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, forgot that I was going to be talking about Carl Weathers a lot today. Carl Weathers was so fucking charming and still is so fucking charming. And it's nice to see him in this kind of like regal old man kind of form. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like I like his uh, the little robots he has uh, holding his robe for him as he walks throughout the town. I have a complaint about that in my notes. Is it CGI? Um, is it? Uh... No, it's not CGI related. It's they're very tiny, right? And like they're little, like uh, like basically like um, roller skate droids that just kind of yeah. like carry it around. And they're so tiny that the robe is still touching the ground. Wouldn't you think you'd build a bigger robot to hold your your cape, right? Uh, they'd have to stop us if they were bigger too, probably, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. It just yeah. seemed it's more not dominant. And he doesn't care if his robe actually gets dirty. It's just a dominant yeah. thing. Yeah, Carl Weathers like tells a bunch of droids to fuck off throughout this episode. It's pretty fucking funny. He is now the uh, high magistrate of um of Navarro, and um basically tells him like, you know, Navarro's become the official trade spur of the Hidian Way, and we're mining asteroids, and there's big this big construction boom, and mm -hmm. can I sell you a piece of land? I got a great place over here. What is up with him going so hard about selling real estate? Do you think there's something sketchy going on behind the scenes here? Probably, but I don't know if they're ever going to dive into it. <laughs> it felt like an Arrested Development bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, And Carl Weathers was on Arrested Development, too. I forgot about that. Um, but it felt like, uh, like, buy this real estate. I swear it's clean. Don't worry about it. I, I lost the title. Everything is fine. You know what I mean? I'll get you all shacked up. It'll be real nice. Mm -hmm. um, we also get our second most precious moment of television and possibly in humanity ever here, which is Baby Yoda spinning around in a chair as this conversation is going on. Which fucking melted my heart and what it was absolutely ridiculous. You know what I mean? And a gross abuse of the forest. Yeah. Yeah. He also uses it to grab a little piece of candy or a berry or something, possibly, right? A Reese's pieces or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As as he recalls a, a Reese PC, I believe, is what a baby would call course, those things. Yes, yes, yes. Um so Din Jaren basically says, like, I'm not ready to settle down. I'm on a new quest now because I've become an apostate, right? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He tells them that what happened during the Book of Boba Fett as well. We hear about it again. Um, That's convenient. <laughs> yeah, it is very convenient. And then a protocol droid comes in and Carl Weathers is like, what now? You know what I mean? Like, what? do you want stupid droid you know he's definitely beaten these droids like to to assert his dominance as you yeah. mentioned before you know he definitely reminds those things like they call him magistrate and he's like hi magistrate you fucking nerd you know mm -hmm. 
um, and he's like, excuse me, High Magistrate, um, there are pirates outside. <laughs> this is where the episode gets really fucking weird. Um, there's a bunch of rowdy uh, scallywags, essentially, outside of what we're told is a school, right? Yes. It used to be uh, a bar. It used to be a bar. Do you think that was a bar where, uh, what's his name, used to hang out? Vernon Herzog used to hang out? Oh, no. I was thinking it was probably the bar where uh, uh, Carl Ruthers meets Mando at first and gives him the the fob or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, the key fob. Yeah, yeah. The, fir- the first um, the first uh, MacGuffin of many MacGuffins on these fetch Yeah, quests. I, I assume that yeah. because of uh, this pirate uh, talking about uh, Carl hiring him here to murder and all that murder and mayhem huh these pirates are definitely on some kind of list every time they try and buy a house or like move right <laughs> the way they're insistent on being in this school you yeah know? yeah it is weirdly persistent where it's there's not any booze there you're being unreasonable <laughs> i do love a cool ass gunslinger scene though mm-hmm. And we get a cool ass, like, hey, remember how this show's a Western? You know what I mean? <laughs> Shot. Pretty much. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly music plays. <laughs> a guy gets up behind, like, a, you know, a tumbleweed passes by and shit yeah. like that. Um, and then they start blasting. Um, Carl Weathers shows he's still got game. He shoots one of the pirates. And then Mando shoots all of the pirates except for the... The guy the with the hurt yeah, 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 yeah. So, I am so happy that these guys were not CGI guys and were just dudes with putty on their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I never bought into the illusion that these were really aliens or anything, but uh, they're just much nicer to look at. But no, they're just gleep glop dudes with putty mm-hmm. on their face. Um, one of them has tentacles. I noticed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, forget what that race is called. Uh, yeah. Was it Corrin or something? They live on the same planet as the uh, the Mon Calamari, I think. Okay, that makes sense since they're both fish monsters. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and they're both uh, squids, which is why they're called the Calamari people. Um, and then they keep screaming the name Pirate King Gorian Shard. <laughs> will hear about this, and I thought, what the fuck is Pirate King Gorian Shard? They must have said it like eight times during this sequence and yeah. it made me laugh every time. Whenever yeah. they were talking about their boss, I really thought it was going to be the character Hondo from Clone Wars. This seemed like his cruel people would have been. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like a cutscene where it's just Hondo like chopping uh, a block. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're a street fighter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Zangief comes out. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the guy with the hurt hand goes away, and um, Carl Weathers is like, he'll tell the pirate king <laughs> that this is a respectable place now. Um, and as they're doing their little walk and talk, uh, Carl Weathers offers Mando a job. He's like, you know, we could use a new cop. And Mando's like, listen, I was just hanging out with a guy who kind of looked like me. He was a cop and he was fucking pretty lame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, on the second watch of this, I was definitely thinking of 
how terrible that would be to make both of the fucking Mandalorian cops and fucking terrible. They kept calling Boba Fett a crime lord, but he looked like a cop and he acted like a cop, right? There was was zero crime he was involved in in that show. He seemed to be stopping crime explicitly. Yes. Yes. He he wanted to go legit, I guess, but not in any way that makes sense to me as a viewer. No, it was so lame. Like, you live on a a spice uh, fucking farm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like embrace it. You're a drug dealer. Embrace it. Um, Spice isn't so bad. Spice is life, some would say. Spice is life, some would say. Yeah. Um, And then we get a hilarious... uh, well, what happened to your last marshal? Well, My speaking, good friend, Cara Dune. Dune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of Dune, let's talk about how they wrote Cara Dune out of this show entirely for being an annoying bigot piece of shit on Twitter. Yeah. Um, there is a one throwaway line where he says that Cara Dune was recruited by the New Republic Special Forces after he she captured Moff Gideon and uh, he was sent to a new Republic War Tribunal. Yes, so, yes. goodbye, Gina Carrero. Hit the road. You know, don't let it hit you. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that what she's doing now is just as satisfying as the spinoff they had planned for her. Yeah, I mean that movie that Ben Shapiro wrote, that western <laughs> that she starred in. What did it make at the box office? Eight hundred dollars or something uh, like that. <sighs> I didn't see. I didn't see. No one else yeah. did either. Right? Yeah, so, apparently. Man. Yeah, yeah <laughs> apparently. Yeah, I wouldn't assume. We know as a fact uh, it didn't. No matter what the uh, Breitbart headline about how their new movie in theaters owns the libs, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I keep calling it the Daily Caller. What's that asshole's thing? Is Daily it know? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they finance that movie, too. It's fucking such garbage, man. Um, it's so bad because like you had a Star Wars TV show like greenlit. Yeah, I mean the uh, the Edge Wing fighter uh, from uh, the Mandalorian seasons one and two. I I think he's in both of them. Maybe he's the second. But yeah, yeah, the old older Asian guy. Uh, I he was going to be part of that too. So yeah, maybe we would because of her. Yeah, it just sucks because, like, you know what's easier than, like, saying anything? Saying nothing. It's so easy. It's <laughs> yeah. so easy to I mean, just, it like, like... It was more than one tweet and everything, so it wasn't, like... Yeah. Uh, no, it it was, like, a spur of just, like, horrible behavior. And, yeah. You know, Trying to get fired, almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was funny how they, they wrote her out, like, so, so quickly. It was pretty mm-hmm. funny. Um. Yeah, so Din Djarin is basically, he asks, can we take down the remnants of our old droid friend so I can bring him back to life because he's the only droid I trust so I can use him to explore Mandalore because I know his feet don't get burned by fire from the first season, right? Well, they only took part of him down. Uh, he did get melted or whatnot, but that's a, a minor. Somehow, IG-11 returned. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to. That is, uh, I will say that uh, 
Mando's arc, uh, I thought was about him learning to cross droids again. He's friendly with the uh, the pit droids at the mechanic lady's house. Reluctantly. Granted, they aren't murderous assassins, and that's kind of what he needs if he's going to explore this nightmare planet. Yeah, <laughs> the mines of Moria, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't yeah. like that they're going to bring back IG-11, even though I thoroughly enjoyed the character. thought the combat was awesome with him. I, whenever Trigger has satisfying work, I prefer that they let it go. <laughs> but now they can sell battle damage IG-11 toys, Travis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they sure can. They sure can. I, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll dig it once it gets going and everything. I'm just, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I understand um, when they bring back a character like Darth Maul, who had nothing to do and was, <laughs> and then make a real character out of it. I don't like this. Uh, yeah, but was Darth Maul a real character, or was he just a really cool looking thing? You know in, what I mean. In Episode One, he was not. That's what I mean. Like they killed him there, and then they but he was a back. really cool. You don't think he served his purpose in Episode One? No, no, no. It'd be not the cool in, looking guy. Vader, if you had killed him in the first one, he would have been just a cool-looking guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you flesh the characters out to give, make them more. Like it's, uh, sure. Yeah, the Clone Wars cartoon did a great job of that. The Rebels also uh, fleshed out Darth Maul. Hours of content of making it a real character, kind of. Yeah. I mean, uh, they did the same thing with uh, Boba Fett on the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't always work out. <laughs> it doesn't always work out. That's what I mean, man. I at least get the uh, the attempt, but IG-11 didn't need it, is my point. Uh, no. He had a very satisfying death, too, especially yeah. with uh, Mando's droid racism thing and, like, him being the one that, like, bridged the gap where he's yeah. like, I finally the, trust a droid, you know? Yeah, it's a bit where he's melting in the lava and he sticks the, uh, the thumb up and everything. It's Yeah. <laughs> And he says, hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. McClunky. You, uh, yeah, no. McClunky, yeah, yeah, McClunky. <laughs> they they go in, George Lucas goes in and writes, I'll be, puts I'll be back, like uh, does a whole scene where, where IG-11 <laughs> says that yeah, yeah. in the special edition of uh, season one of The Mandalorian. Um, I really like the Terminator IG-11 bit where they bring back his like mechanical body and like revives him <laughs> and then he just mode. yeah yeah he's uh it's fun also kind of silly and he's much more durable now than the first time that he got shot in the face by mando yeah i like how spastic he is because he has no legs and him just crawling basically <laughs> it's it's pretty gnarly um however this sequence gave me the biggest like <laughs> like like cringe which is when the dumb nazi 3po protocol droid uh pushes a head bust, a bust. of carl yes yes and mando says now that's using your head i'd say it's better than Guards, guards, uh, monologue from. I'm kidding. No, it, it's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's terrible, dude. Um, I, I it's do. So unfitting for the character. Yeah, yeah, I uh, fully agree. I fully agree. I do like you can see uh, Grogu's little chainmail underneath his robe. Eh. Yeah, me too. Quite a bit. And I also like the hot potato 
Baby Yoda bit where he's <laughs> they're throwing Baby Yoda from person to person. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. Um, but luckily, we're told by Carl Weathers. Well, fortunately, Navarro has attracted the finest droid smiths in the Outer Rim. And he says, "But where are? Where can I find these droid smiths?" He says, "Right here." And we see a tiny little door, like a little I, mouse door. Yes, I loved that. I, yeah, so I know. Much. We're both and like, it has like a slightly bigger garage next to it to get the droids parts in, and the I guess, I guess that's how uh, Din gets there as well. Like it's, yeah, yes, like a fairy tale door, kind of. Yeah, a hundred percent, dude. It's it's a little tiny, like in Cinderella, like you know the the mice live in like a little mouse door yeah. that like opens like a real person door, but very little, and a little tiny Babu Frick, the crown jewel of the sequel trilogy, uh, the savior of Rise of Skywalker. The some single would say. best thing about it for sure. <laughs> Yeah. When I saw Rise of Skywalker on opening night, I lit the fuck up when Babu Frick appeared on screen, just thinking, what the fuck is that thing? That's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I have a uh, little Babu Frick t-shirts. I got my little, have you seen the little Babu Frick fake Kenner toy? It's like this big. It's like half an inch tall. It's very no. tiny. No, no, I haven't. Yeah. It comes in the full packaging, but the toy is only like this big. <laughs> it's so funny. Yes. Uh, it it rules. Um, and this little Babu Frick says, "What you want?" And it's, the way they say things just adds to it so much. Well, you know the um, because Babu Frick is a a puppet that's controlled uh, animatronically by yeah. a remote control. It's like a, basically a robot, a little tiny baby, adorable, crazy looking robot mouse thing. Um, and the woman who puppeteered this thing, apparently, you know, she ended up doing the voices because um, while they were shooting it, she was backstage, like behind the thing, just going like, and they're like that is so perfect we need you to do it so the yeah. woman who puppeteered the thing much in the tradition of frank oz and jim henson mm -hmm. and a lot of the guys who who used to puppeteer and voice at the same time uh she did the animatronics the puppetry and and the voice i Great love the i ways. love that story too like you were the one that told me about it and yeah that's great uh. it's so cool man i i love these things they're called anzellans um let me see i'll put up their their wikipedia where do these things come from anzellia anzellia yeah 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 these things are great they have a the anzellian engineer shug drebor designed the holocon during the same era this is of the high republic he's got uh. his own wikipedia they worked on the solar array 22x station um they have purple blood that's pretty cool um, do you want to see any of these things bleed though <laughs> no i don't want to see anything bad ever happen to these things ever i love these things so so much yeah they've made some in canon appearances during the uh during the the high republic days the high republic light of the jedi they're in that um, no oh look I at this one any of the, uh, the high republic stuff yet uh I have no interest in um, Old Republic, <laughs> High Republic. I, you're laughing. Like, I, I just, I, I get it. Like, I, I know that video game, like, the MMO is fucking dope. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I played those games, and that's why I like those parts. Uh, it's also more Jedi heavy. 
yeah. Um, but it's more like um, uh, high fantasy kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like less science fictiony and more more fantasy. I can see that. Stuff, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, they make an appearance in uh, the Poe Dameron Freefall, which has an audiobook. I might use my audio, uh, my Audible credit, not a sponsor of the podcast, to uh, <laughs> to download that just to get to the voice actor and, and make sure he does my precious Babu Frick voice. Um, dude, Mando sitting Indian style inside this little garage while a bunch of Babu Fricks tinkered and like basically they're they're little rascals these things like yeah if the entire episode was just this mechanic shop this would be a 10 out of 10 episode yeah oh, yeah before we went on there i mentioned like if it was just fucking these things in their version of top gear or something <laughs> yeah, yeah just like restoring old mustangs and shit like yeah, that yeah. yeah it would be fucking incredible um and also the the translation with Carl Weathers being outside, just kneeling down. Like he says he can't fix it. And the thing being like, no, no, can't fix it. It's the broken, the broken. Um, it, it just absolutely ruled. And then when he says it doesn't work and he's like, buy new droid, buy new droid. This one, Pudu, they, they brought Pudu back. Yeah. Um, was incredible. And then what was it? Uh, what if I found, a new chip, would you be able to fix it? He's like, find the chip. Yes, we fixed droid. We fixed droid. And as he says, we can fix the droid. We got what is this precious moment number three or four? But this is the one that like broke my brain. Yeah. Broke my brain. Just it's probably silly, but I don't fully know how they accomplished it because it's one puppet hugging another puppet, and you can see their legs. So it's or at least Grogu's legs, but. Squeezeception is what I was thinking of it as, since it's one adorable thing, one to squeeze to death, hogging another adorable thing. No squeezy. No squeezy. No squeezy. <laughs> yeah, no squeezy will will uh will go down in infamy. Uh, as one of the funniest things that's ever happened on anything. And since I've seen Babu Frick, I thought like Holy shit! If Babu Frick ever met Baby Yoda, my brain would fucking explode. <laughs> and and sure enough, and it was it a, happened. a random yeah. Wednesday night. I was blessed by by one Babu Frick squeezing a Baby Yoda squeezing a Babu Frick. It was fucking absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. So now we're on Dinjarin's first fetch quest of the season, which is to go get some sort of Park. part. Yeah. yeah, I didn't catch that either. <laughs> yeah, just like what specific part he needs, memory thing maybe. I don't know. Circuit oh. board. Yeah, could be anything. Yeah, yeah. We we don't understand the uh, the Babu Frick language, so we do not know. We know yeah, it's yeah. not a squeezy. That's all we yeah. know. It's not a squeezy. Um, and uh, yeah, grief Karga Carl Weathers wishes them safe travels, and Baby Yoda waves goodbye from his little bubble, which is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Um, really nice little moment, by the way, when they're in the N1 Starfighter and we get, um, baby Yoda sitting on Mando's lap and he's teaching him like how to work Morph. a starship. Yeah. yeah. And like the being Mandalorian isn't just fighting. It's learning to navigate the galaxy and that's how this works. And this is how that works. And it's just funny. Cause like the first two seasons of the Mandalorian was like, 
I can't teach you to do the things that you can do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not your teacher. I'm just trying to get you to them. Yeah. yeah. And now he's becoming the teacher. He's like becoming this thing's father. And it's acknowledging that fucking cool, man. I love this. Real, like Progress. who would have thought a character arc also just a character arc from a Muppet and someone who we've never, we saw their face once for 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And we're getting more emotion than we got in a lot of the Disney buyout Star Wars stuff. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's absolutely fucking cool. Um, yeah. And then as he's showing him, what is it? The uh, proximity alert rings or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, we find out that there are a bunch of scallywag, no good pirates abound. Um, this is obviously the uh, Pirate King. Uh, Gregorian shards men, and we apparently. know they're pirates be not only because uh, they uh are named by Mando, but because they say Avast, and I think that's the only time I've heard of Avast being mm-hmm. I wish they said Yar a little, that would of have been course. pretty good, yeah, 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 or just R, you know, as they were coming them up. Had a peg leg, that would be nice, but yeah, oh, an eye patch, yeah, yeah, just get. More pirate chromes in, please. It's- yeah, yeah. One of those little hats, like the, with the tri corners, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Or um, very stylish. Very stylish and very stylish. Uh, maybe if one of them was a parrot person, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> that is absolutely of the random bullshit we've been spouting. That's the thing they should have done. Have one of these pirates be a parrot person. Just be a giant parrot man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he doesn't actually speak. English or anything like that. He just makes squawking noises and that. Quack. <laughs> yeah, because it. Even though so parrot life can emulate speech, not this version. Yeah. No, 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 no. And silly. everyone understands them, and everyone understands them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we were screwed out of our cockatoo person during the Miss Marvel uh, miniseries. Yes, that we, did. we were. We were. Yeah. Good old Thomas Edison. Uh, <laughs> So at least we would have seen like proof to concept that a parrot person works. That's essentially all I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. It would have been a puppet if they had done it here. Yeah, it would have been a person in a fucking parrot costume, which would have been uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, just big, big, heavy, like an animatronic fucking thing. Yeah, hundred percent, big paper mache beak. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of this uh, space battle? I uh, thought it was interesting because C-3PO told me once that uh, the odds of surviving a battle in space was very slim. Um, An asteroid field. Yeah, but C-3PO is like a known puss. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He definitely inflated those odds. Yeah, he just didn't want to do it because he's a fucking wimp. Um, I thought this looked fucking great, and I really like the way... like. Mando's OP, you know, and yeah, yeah. like you need a character to kind of be OP because like he has to stand up to his name. Like none of the other Mandalorians could kill the turtle pig thing in the beginning, but Mando could, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, what's his name? Carl Weathers only shot one of the pirates. Mando shot all the pirates like he's he's the best. And like it's kind of like how Boba Fett wasn't whenever he fucking out to all the other crime lords at every opportunity. 
just reinforced that he was a bitch. <laughs> but in like Boba Fett's defense, like we've conflated what we think Boba Fett is in our brains because he looks like he'd be tough where he's just like a cool action figure, but he's most famously and his, most of Boba Fett's screen time in the original trilogy he's was spent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, is is dying, is getting pushed off of something by accident and getting eaten by a giant dune monster. You it's know? Like, yeah. Uh, Mando season two, we see him kill some stormtroopers. Yes, yes, yes. We so do he's see that. a badass there, so it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I tell yeah. two bubbas. I tell two bubbas. Um, so I thought this was fucking cool, and I feel like Mando attacks like a shark, and that was neat. Right, like he is like, where is he? Where is he? And then he'd like come up almost like Jaws, like, oh no, this guy is lurking. You know what I mean? Like he's he's he's. Do you uh, think he was doing the uh, the boba trick where he's like momentarily parking on the side of an asteroid, then taking off after they pass him? Was that boba or was that Jenga? Are you conflating? Oh uh, yeah, I, do they both do it? I pretty sure that Boba is just hanging out with his dad in the ship while I he does it. I could he does it in uh, fucking Empire or maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I know Django does it and I know Obi does it to get away from somebody. Um, kind of precious moment here that I want to ask you about because I couldn't really see it. Um, Baby Yoda puts on a seatbelt is the seatbelt that he puts on Mando's uh, gun holster? Is that what he's using as a seatbelt? Oh, I didn't, I didn't see close enough on that. I, I do know there's one point where he's falling out of it, and uh, Mando has to use his hand to push him back down. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, it's the best. Like having these little bosom buddies together mm-hmm. again. It's it's a highlight. Um. Yeah, so Mando stalks his prey and gets all of them except for the main guy. And then um, the main guy's like, I'm serving him to you on a platter, King Ghidra, or whatever your name is. <laughs> and then we meet uh, Pirate King Gagarian Shard. And he is a squishy, salty boy who's also a swamp thing. I mean, the um, nose arch is there. They have covered it up with the moss and stuff, but that it's clearly Swamp Thing's cousin getting the break of a lifetime. This Hollywood nepotism <laughs> is just fucking run amok. I, Allie, Allie Holland instead of Alex? This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was not expecting a Swamp Monster to be the Pirate King. I am pleased, <laughs> but it's not at all what I was expecting. No, I did not think we'd be taking a detour to Davy Jones's locker today, my friend. I, uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> he was a crusty old salty dog, uh, swamp thing in pirate gear. Every time he walked, you heard like squishes, and I was fucking losing my mind. Um, and they got a real actor to play this guy, by the way. Oh yeah, I figured there was a guy in a suit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's he's um he's like been in things. This this oh, uh, oh you mean like a <laughs> a proper actor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a proper fucking actor. Uh, he's in Game of Thrones. Um, he was in Disney's Cinderella. Like he he's like 
been in things, which is just like Nonso Anzi. You know, we're famous for uh, being able to pronounce things. <laughs> That's a tough one. I'm looking at the name now, and yeah, I, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. But but this guy like has oh, been yeah. in yeah. things. Oh, he was in Artemis Fowl. Oh, he was in Sweet Tooth, a show that I never watched, and is probably the reason why it's going to get canceled. But really like the comic. Highly recommend uh, checking that out. If you, Jeff Lemire, uh, correct? Je- yeah, Jeff Lemire wrote and drew, uh, and was like able to finish out his arc um, back in the golden days of Vertigo when it existed. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know what's a bummer with sidebar about Vertigo and Black Label? Like when Vertigo went away and they said we're going to have DC Black Label, it felt like, oh, don't worry. We're still going to have your Vertigo stuff. It's just going to be in Black Label, right? Yeah. But then Black Label has only been like miniseries so far. It has no ongoings. Oh. And that was kind of like the charm of Vertigo was where you could, you know, pick up Hellblazer issue one three hundred and fifty something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, or like, you know, Swamp Thing never got like renumbered. So like, oh, Brian K. Vaughn's on Swamp Thing, and it's like, what issue should I check out? And I was like 74 through 87. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I, I miss that stuff. I know that's not really like how comic books work anymore. I know. But, I, uh, I understand. I hate the renumbering constantly because I know the miniseries like an ongoing is better kind of, uh, yeah. Like the season approach to it. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you should just know, like when the creative team shifts, that's kind of like a really good point. Yeah. yeah. But also like if you like how a comic looks and think you like the story, just pick it up and you'll figure it out. It's like really not too complicated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can like, just jump in wherever you want. Like, don't be scared. Basically listeners, if you see, you know, fantastic four issue, whatever, just pick it up. If you like the fantastic four, like go into your local comic book store and just buy something. If you think it looks cool, don't Mm -hmm. be worried. You can always pick up the pieces later. I promise you people used to read comics before the internet existed. And Just that's like random issues. That's yeah. Before collected editions were normal. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I bought my first comics at a uh, Rite Aid pharmacy. Like uh, my little sister took dance lessons um, and they were on like, I think they were on like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And um, there was a supermarket and a drugstore in the shopping center. So like I would go with my mom, my sister had like a hour long dance lesson. We would go get groceries and I would like buy news rack comics. You know what I mean? Like just like whatever was there. And it was mostly at the pharmacy and like, you'd always get Spider-Man. You could always get X-Men. You could always get Batman. And then like, sometimes they'd have some like random thing, you know? And sometimes I would miss a Spider-Man and that was kind of the fun when, uh, direct market came out because i'd be like oh i could try and, and find spider-man issue you know fucking whatever it was at that point like fucking 287 or some shit like that you know what i mean um yeah so don't be scared to uh buy new comics um our our salty boy our swampy man uh the king as some would call him um 
doesn't stick around too much. He basically just says like, I'll get you next time, man. No, as he like gets away. You know what I mean? Starts stroking your cat. Wasn't there earlier? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a swampy cat, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, uh, it's the cat's just the cat bones. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got like a crab person like playing like a bone xylophone in the yeah. spaceship, you know? Um, yeah. And Mando takes off and we think he's taking off to like get this, uh, this part, but he takes a little detour to planet Scotland. Um, we actually find out it's called Kalabala, which I thought was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to pronounce it Kalabala. Um, and, um, we get this cool, very lonely Mandalorian castle on the cliffside here of uh, planet Scotland, Kalabala. Um, that looks very drafty and lonely. Yeah, yeah. There's uh they haven't really paid anyone to come in and decorate or put anything in there, like a book or a Yeah, one book. And this is just like a, a concrete building and that is it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Could he use um, something to make it feel lived in? Uh a tapestry. You yeah. know what I mean? A nice tapestry. Uh it's just like a Travis Pickle poster on the wall, a Fight Club poster. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Imagine like uh, Bo-Katan is just like a college dorm room, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> a American Psycho poster or something like that, you know, uh, literally me or some shit. Uh, Blu-ray copy, a 4K copy of Joker Steelbook. I was thinking of Joker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She comes Mando out. Mando comes she... in and she's doing the dance on the stairs from it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Explaining how she lives in the society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah she enters talking... the room. That's yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Bo-Katan is now a very, a very lonely girl. Um, her forces have melted away once she failed to obtain the dark saber. <laughs> Why did um, she fail again? Why did she not? They not try to resolve that in some way that was because she would have had to have fought Mando, and she knows she wouldn't have won. Oh, you think it was cowardice? Then. I think it was like I'm not it's ready to fight money. this guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, I don't think she was ready to fight that guy. Like yeah. I don't think anyone's ready to fight <laughs> Mando. Like Mando is cr like a crazy killer. You know what I yeah. mean? That's, That's the whole deal. That's actually pretty fair. Huh? Um, and then he's he like offered the dark saber to her, mm -hmm. and she's like, I can't take that. Like, you know, um, I can't take it. Like, I have to win it, and mm -hmm. you're not gonna fight me. You know, that's the other thing. Like, he's not gonna fight her, and if he did, he would like let her win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So her fleets uh, now reverted to becoming a bunch of uh, mercenaries scattered amongst the the galaxy. Um, what's his name? Din Djarin says he still got the dark saber, which made me laugh because there was that like point in time, uh, where he had no ship. So he was like taking public transit to work. And I just kept thinking of him, like carrying the dark saber around and having to like clear his luggage and that shit, like every single time. And how many times he had to board some sort of like public, uh, ferry kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I also like her line where she's like, well, then you can wave it around. You know what I mean? Like you could swing your dick around and everything will be fine. Um, and he's like, why, what happened to your plan to retake Mandalore? 
and she goes through some fucking religious fanatic bullshit where she's like, your people, the children of the watch were a fucking cult that gave up on Mandalore a long time before the purge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she asked where he was during the purge. Yeah. Basically like these are the factions that divided their people. Um, yeah. And going home is useless because you're going to go there and nothing's left, which is kind of like totally contradictory to everything that she's been saying this entire time, right? Well, he calls her out on it, too. Yeah, yeah. But she wants to restore the Mandalorian people. I don't know if she wanted to do it on Mandalore. I I don't know. Yeah, well, Mandalore well, is, is a, to, it, isn't a place. It's, a, it's, a, it's people. The foundation's yeah. still good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Asgard isn't a place. It's people. Um, yeah. So like all Mandalore was good for was supplying Beskar and everything else is a bunch of fucking superstition and Mandalore has been poisoned. Why did Din Djarin go there? That like, is, why? He knows that he has to get to the mines of uh, Mandalore. Moria. Yes, the mines of Moria. He just assumes that she knows where they're at. Oh, maybe that's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why he's just now going now. And yeah. he's not seen about this fucking IG-11 part. <laughs> no. seem a little out of order for us. So yeah, yeah. Here's your fetch quest. Now you do have a, do something unrelated. You do have a point, though, because she she's like, yeah, they're behind the Civic Center in whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, she right, said she something. Would know. She lived on Mandalore. So, yeah. yeah. And if yeah, he so- knows her backstory, then, yeah. He watched the Clone Wars. He, he's not. <laughs> and then he basically walks away and she's like, I'll get you later, Mando. You know what I mean? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Have you seen the posters for this season? No, I'm not. There's one that's like split face. Like half of it is fucking Bo-Katan. Half of it is Mando. Oh, really? So yeah. Be conflicting zone. I mean, I don't know, like the Rise of Skywalker had one that was like half Ray, half Kylo Ren, and they kissed. So we That's don't know. True. That's true. But that movie was also trash, so we don't know. Indeed, you know? indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that movie was trash with the Babu Frick, so who knows where this is going? You know, we already got Treasure multiple among Babu trash. Fricks. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This thing's um, already given us four Babu Fricks, so let's or this is just three. Uh, I'll, I'll say four or three and a half. You know what I mean? We'll get to our ratings. We'll get to our ratings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you have anything else that you want to say about the episode actually, before we jump into our final thoughts and our reviews on Mandalorian season three, episode one, chapter 17, the apostrate Travis (laughs) mouthful, huh? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. No, no, I am ready to get into the reveal. Tell us how you really feel. Let's rate this. So, we here at the Fett and the Furious rate and review all of our installments from one to five squeezies. One squeezy being the worst, five squeezy being the best. We do accept half squeezy. With that so being it's more said, sexual now for some reason. Yeah. To me, it was always sexual, but I like puppets. Um, 
with that being said, Travis, one out of five squeezies for season three, episode one, chapter 17 of Disney Plus's Crown Jewel Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, The Apostrate. <laughs> what say you? For me, is a three and a half out of five. A decent start. There's not a lot to this episode. I, I know I also kind of bitched a lot in during this one, but it's just a nitpick. So there's nothing that seriously offends my sensibilities. No, that's uh, what we do here. So yeah, yeah, th- that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's a nice little start. I uh, ready to see more. I was kind of hoping they drop two episodes at once. I uh. But yeah, apparently at the premiere, they dropped two episodes. Did you Ah, hear about that? No, I did not. I did not. I felt back in good hands, at least. Yeah, yeah. Where not a lot happened here. The idea that so much of the actual show, The Mandalorian, was shoehorned into a much worse show. And I kind of forgot that that happened because I just conflated it all with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, Started to kind of bother me while I was watching it at first, where it's kind of like that, that Marvel thing where, you know, people get upset. Like, like our, our, our co-founder Kira Mm -hmm. misses a Marvel thing and is like, I can't watch the next Marvel thing because I missed the other (laughs) one. And I'm like, Don't fucking worry. Like literally, just They're watch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna catch up. It's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. It's not okay, kind of here. Um, <laughs> which is annoying to me. Yeah. If they ever uh, really say things on Blu-ray or whatever, they're not going to, but if they did, you'd have to buy a book of Boba Fett to have the entire storyline of this Mandalorian fellow. Yeah, and that is really troublesome. Um, and and it, and it's a janky and tricky way um that's that's like nothing but corporate greed i get it it's more like like i love a shared universe i i you know yeah I love right, it's excellent but yeah yeah and, that's and like not as, the right kind no it's tricky right it, it like yeah. this is a sneaky little trick here right yeah i i genuinely think that the book of Boba Fett. the reason those episodes are there is because there weren't there wasn't enough plot for Boba Fett. To go around to justify that that show's existence, because they're not going to let the character be a fucking crime lord doing crime lord stuff. So, <laughs> it's just yeah, fucking- it's it's fucking lame. And and like the the real cynic in me thinks that halfway through showing the powers that be and like the Catherine Kennedys and shit. Um, what they have of the book of Boba Fett so far, they're like, okay, we're worried now. You know what I mean? Like, get Mando back. Yeah, for those days, and yeah, so yeah, pay, pay, Pasco, whatever he will need yeah. to come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what people will watch? Baby Yoda. You know what I mean? Endlessly. Yeah, yeah. Endlessly. I have a drawer two feet from me in my bedroom where I record. Where if I open it up, it's nothing but baby Yoda toys because my mother will endlessly, every time I see her, God bless her, buys me a baby Yoda thing. 
yeah. forgets that she bought me the exact same baby Yoda thing. And I just have accumulated like literally 15 stuffed animals. I have one hand puppet. I think I've showed yeah. you, you stick your hand in the bassinet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sells. And I, part of me is bothered like with the book of Boba Fett <laughs> where they're like, okay, get baby Yoda back. Cause people will watch that and like go to work and be like, well, baby Yoda was on this week. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I remember like this show works. I like these short episodes. Yes. Yeah, man. I rewatched well, this thing three times. Like once. Well, I rewatched it's very it twice. Easy to rewatch. And it's like you said, you're back in safe hands. Like next week, the previous two seasons kind of follow the format, right? A little plot. Next week, a little uh, like monster of the week thing. Week after that, mm-hmm. a little bit more plot. And then a standalone adventure thing, like prison break or whatever. And that's what I'm expecting with this season and that's fine yeah and we i don't expect were- to reach like the uh the narrative heights of andor but <laughs> that's yeah. what i was about to bring up is like andor is a different beast and we've had our star wars cake and we can eat it too kind of where mm-hmm. in terms of um what i call like the cinematic equivalent of the extended universe novel um <laughs> They're finally like doing us right kind of between Andor and the Mandalorian and mm-hmm. even Rogue One. You know, they've had their their I know oh, you like Solo. I know you like Solo. Yeah. Um, you know, and and people probably like Book of Boba Fett, right? Those things didn't 100 percent work for me. Like Solo and Boba Fett yeah. didn't work. Especially after like Rogue One and Mando, where I was like, oh my God, this is <laughs> the shit. Right. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I used to read the Dark Forces books, you know, and and here they are, you know, in cinematic form. Um, but one of the fun things about those EU things were always if you liked spy stuff, you'd get your spy thing, and you know, mm-hmm. you would have these like side characters who were totally different. Like I was a Kyle Katan guy, you know. Um, <laughs> Dark <laughs> Forces, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my guy. You know what I mean? Um, what was the name of the uh, Dash Rendar? I knew Dash oh, Rendar guys. Yeah, the Shadows of the Empire. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, people love Thrawn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so we got like the heady, weighty narrative. The more like you know, political and and yeah, uh, more uh, mature, less uh, exciting, less pulpy. I guess. Uh, stuff with Andor, but still Star Wars. Yes, right. And Mando to me, and I know we've said it before, and it's one of the things I always liked most, especially as an adult about Star Wars, and especially with A New Hope. Which, like, looking back on it, I'm like, New Hope kind of is just like that's fucking like lightning in a bottle shit. Where it's like one guy, um assembled a crew who were able to create things that were just like so alien and so weird and designed in such cool ways, you know? And if you just introduced a viewer to that stuff, it might have like a nerdy following, but it wouldn't have like the pop culture, like yeah. everyone got it. But when you watch star Wars, especially a new hope and stuff like Mando, um, Lucas's like format was like, 
take cinematic inspirations and cinematic language that everyone in the fucking world knows. And that's like, we all know what a Western looks like, what a Western feels like. We know what a war movie looks like. We know what a war movie feels like. We know what a dogfight footage from World War II looks and feels like. We know what samurai tropes look like. Yeah. And take like those just innately cinematic qualities and apply literally weird Muppets to them. And you'll still get that feeling of the Western. Like when Carl Weathers pulls up his robe and he's got the gun, you're like, Oh, I, I know this. I know this, even though like he's shooting a squid boy, you know what I mean? I am imagining uh, world war two footage uh, of, uh, Muppets being deep like, into the actual footage, but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking um, the the Muppet version of Saving Private Ryan playing, <laughs> and a bunch of Muppets like having heart attacks and PTSD in the movie yeah. theaters. Yeah, like old Muppets, like Walter and Standor. <laughs> Good God! I had to bring it up because Tom Sizemore died yesterday. Oh. I know. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was gonna save it for the news. Um, Tom Sizemore is one of my favorite actors of all time, right? Like one of the greats. And and I'm upset that he never got to be like what Stellan Skarsgård was in Andor. Like, could you imagine Tom Sizemore as like a space Nazi in one of these new Star Wars things? Yeah, yeah. That could have been great. Fucking great, man. You know what I mean? That guy was able to like... He would be in these big ensemble movies with like Tom Hanks, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, like biggest actors ever. And here's this guy, Tom Sizemore. And it's like, oh, my God, he's like outclassing everyone right now. You know what I mean? It's it's incredible stuff. Uh, and the idea of a bunch of Waldor and Standor Muppets <laughs> watching Muppet D-Day and like... <laughs> made me laugh. I'm so sorry how inappropriate that was to all of our greatest generation listeners out there. Uh, <laughs> do you think any World War II survivors know what a podcast is? Um, almost none. Yes, yeah. almost none. Almost none. The few, the proud, the Marines. Um, <laughs> um, I am happy that this is back and it still resembles the Mandalorian. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was nervous that it would become because I wasn't crazy about that Luke episode of fucking season two. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. That Luke episode in season two blew my fucking mind. Um I love that reveal so much because it it hits people in waves where like when I watch a lot of reaction videos and whenever I watch them with that particular episode, each person comes to the realization about who that is at a different point, but it's it's like eight reveals in a row for like different levels of Star Wars fans. It's fucking I know. fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, that is nostalgia and, and like almost like bordering on member berry nostalgia bathing yeah. done kind of right. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. like talking about Creed, like Creed kind of does the nostalgia baiting and like, that's the, le- the best of the legacy sequels. You know what I mean? Where like, it's got Rocky, it's blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then like when the Rocky theme kicks in at the end, you're like, okay, I'm here now. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm fine with that. The Luke reveal did that. However, 
Luke being a, a CGI Luke being in an entire episode of Book of Boba Fett freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> I loved it, though I feel like they rushed certain things. Uh, I didn't want Ahsoka to already know Luke at this point. Uh, True. I wanted their first meeting to be a thing that happened in her show or something. Yeah. I was nervous that Mando was going to turn into the member berry show that it could have been, you know, yeah, and not yeah, yeah. duck it out. And I'm, I'm happy to see it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's not going that way. It's going back yes. to what it used to be. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I think we'll um, see Luke again, probably. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some sort of surprise cameo, uh, at some point. I hope we get to see your Luke Ahsoka first meeting in, um, a flashback in the Ahsoka show instead. Yeah. It would be very nice. Yeah. Um, you know, that being said, we get back to the the formula. Um, the table setting was a bit of a turn off, but then we're introduced to Salacious Crumbs and Baby Yoda popping out of a little bubble mm-hmm. and a lot of Babu Fricks and No Squeezy. Um, I'm giving this thing a four out of five squeezy probably the highest thing i've rated a star wars since andor on this show <laughs> and it's literally only because it's like so muppet dumb. heavy and the muppets it's are so muppet heavy and they're the best and it's so prosthetic heavy and the prosthetics yes. are the best and there's a swamp thing man in this thing and there's a tentacle boy in this especially thing especially after seeing quantum mania and how opposed to practical effects that movie seemed to be <laughs> yeah and, like, if that movie was done, like, in a volume with, like, actual Muppet creatures kind of mm-hmm. wobbling Just about. a few of them. Like, it's... I'm not even sure the Ant-Man suit was fucking practical. Uh, I got yeah. so good at faking those things. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that being said, again, in reality, this thing is, like, a three out of five. You know, it didn't really do anything. <laughs> but... In personal terms enjoyment. of like personal enjoyment, 30 minutes came and went. This was like the perfect little television episode for me. I, I can't complain about this shit because they're executing it at such a high level. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it looks great. Sounds great. We didn't even talk about uh, Gorkskin's uh, score. Um, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Nice to have him back in the universe. Uh, one of the best young composers working, you know, um, did the score for Tenet, did the score for the first Creed, did the score for Black Panther, wrote the iconic Mandalorian music. Um, not just the theme, but all the music is so good. Like that, that music when he meets Luke, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That shit is crazy, man. That shit is crazy. Um, yeah, I, I'm, and I'm happy for more. You know what I mean? I, I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to it. what do we get? Eight episodes. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so, or eight chapters. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, that being said, like, I am kind of happy we didn't get two episodes because now it's like, okay, we got seven more weeks instead of six more weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, rather, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and we need the content, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> we have Shazam coming. Huh? Oh, we do. We do. Be careful. Don't say it three times. Otherwise, Shazam will come out. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how that works. Um. <laughs> All right, before wrapping it up for the evening, you want to talk some news? Sure, sure.
what's the first news item that you'd like to bring up today, my friend? There's not a lot going on here in the world today, but there is kind of enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the big thing that neither of us is really looking forward to probably is Eternals 2 is probably on the schedule now. Uh, I don't really care about the Eternals. No one has gotten me to care about it. The closest has been uh, Kieran Gillen's run, and even that is kind of like, uh, this is great, but not great for... <laughs> uh, okay, so so Jack Kirby hasn't gotten you to care about the Eternals. No. no Neil I, Gaiman has not gotten you to care about the Eternals. I actively dislike that run, yes. Yes, and I, yes, I love yes. Neil Gaiman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a... Uh, not Tony Zhao was very talented, but yeah, her direction was not. Uh, that if they didn't make an Eternals two, they probably wouldn't put Galactus in it, and I would. I don't want Galactus in the Eternals link <laughs> so badly. I, w- I wouldn't mind the Eternals popping up in places, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just acknowledge their existence and and They're forget it ever happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Shang Chi also. Uh, in the works. That one I'm quite excited about. That one kind of overachieved. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised that we haven't gotten like a in the phase announcement that Shang-Chi is happening. Yeah. You know? I um, kind of agree with you there. Yeah. I think they put the cart before the horse on a lot of phase doing announcing like phase four, five, and six all at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I feel like they uh they it's put all their sure eggs in the basket. In there somewhere. Yeah. It has to be, right? Yeah, they're not gonna wait that long, you would think. But uh Venom three may also be in the works if memory serves. Uh, I didn't have that. Hell yeah. Those movies make a billion dollars. Of course, that thing's going to be the worst. What else is Sony up to? Of course, you know? of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of what else, uh, I can, Sony's up to uh, Sydney yeah. Sweeney's playing Julia Carpenter. I uh, will be interested to see that one, how that one plays out. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sydney Sweeney, so, and I like Julia Carpenter as a character, like the uh, Jim Shooter, Mike Zeck error of Spider-Man is pretty mm-hmm. funny. You know what I mean? Where the uh, the uh, black and white costume came from. Uh, uh-huh. Spider-Man made famous. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Mike Zeck, one of the more underrated Spider-Man artists of all time, in my opinion. Mm. Um, like that Craven's last stand mm-hmm. shit is, is just so cool to me. Um, bridging the gap between always look like Ramita and <laughs> McFarlane. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, Zek was the first guy to kind of branch out from the Ramita style, which was so prominent for so long. And it was mostly like a marketing thing. It was like, because we want Spider-Man to look the same everywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Julia Carpenter nowadays is mostly like hanging around in like a trench coat, kind of looking like Carmen San Diego and shit. Yeah, uh, I think that's what she's going to look like, unfortunately. Well, she's gonna look like Sydney Sweeney, so no you complaints there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally no complaints. Um, I wonder if Euphoria is ever coming back. Maybe you'll be able to watch it by the time it does. You know what I mean? 
So it's a good show. It's a good show. Yeah. I, I yeah. haven't heard the controversy around the other show that guy's working on. Oh, I have. It's yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're it calling sounds, it. Like, whenever crew was coming out and talking about it, about a thing before it comes out, that that's, doesn't happen all that often. We were talking about how they signed up for one thing, and then he turned this into Euphoria Season 2 or whatever. Yeah, he turned it into porn, I believe is the term. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. They're like, we we signed up to, you know, make this show with the guy who did Euphoria and The weekend, and it turned into pornography and a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And they thought like, it was going to be commentating on sexism and stuff instead of it it's just being sexist. Yeah. It's and and they they fired the director like halfway through mm-hmm. and like reshot the entire thing from the beginning and the budget just like won't stop going up. You know what I mean? Indeed, indeed. Uh, Barry Levinson, like famous uh Nepo baby, right? The guy oh, who created Loot Euphoria. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the name just from Euphoria, but no, I yeah. I didn't know who he was related to. Well, his name is Sam Levinson and his father's name oh, is Barry oh Levinson and Barry Levinson, <laughs> Barry Levinson directed like good morning Vietnam and rain man and things oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 And his son is the uh, euphoria guy and everyone's like, Oh yeah, this is like an autobiographical story. You know, uh, Zendaya's character is like him in high school. It's like, I don't think fucking Barry Levinson like went to public school and like, <laughs> was a black woman you know yeah 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 Yeah, exactly he's also known famous for writing the show the wizard of lies so imagine that Mm. so yeah Mm. (laughs) he looks like a snake by the way i'm looking at a picture of sam levinson right now i would not want to be alone in a room with this guy oh that's hilarious yeah hellboy they cast a new hellboy and it's getting a proper R rating as well. They say. Yeah, yeah. They say. The last one was already too, wasn't it? No, it was the studio cut it and it came out as PG-13. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking it was R-rated and just not very good. So, like, my um, my uh, problem with with I, I I don't want them to make another Hellboy movie because I think that what the studio thinks Hellboy is and what Hellboy actually is are two very different things. Mm-hmm. And Explain. they're, yeah. And they're trying to find another superhero property that's not owned by Marvel or DC, like Warner and mm-hmm. Disney that they can make money on. Hellboy's not a superhero property. You know what I mean? It's like a weird Gothic horror yeah, kind yeah. of thing with spies and Nazis and, it's very pulpy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this uh, this filmmaker they got, Brian Taylor, he directed Crank and... <laughs> Did he direct Crank 2 or is it... Uh... Uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, he directed Crank 2. <laughs> he did. And, and he directed Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> yeah and he wrote jonah hex with mm, uh mm. what's his name uh um, josh brolin yeah and, and i saw Red that Fox. in theater by the way yeah, yeah. did you <laughs> you and yeah. i are the only ones i think <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I, I think it's for Brentford. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jack Kessie is going to be playing the titular Hellboy here. Yes, uh, the former Black Tom Cassidy of uh, Deadpool Two fame. Absolutely, Banshee's cousin. Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, and Juggernaut's hetero life mate, maybe. Maybe not so hetero. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Who do you think's the top and who do you think's the bottom in that relationship? <laughs> I I don't want to speculate. That's between no. them. I like to imagine they're switch hitters. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's like just scream really loud into my pee hole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Blow me up like a balloon. Uh-huh. Um this guy yeah. is, uh, he's big, but he's like a uh, soccer player big. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, he's kind of slim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's fit. I'm, I'm not going to call him slim because this guy could probably kick the shit out of him. Like, he's probably a giant person. Like, well, we met him. Like, I'm going off of my memory of Deadpool, too. I remember that guy yeah. not being giant. Like, Ron Roman looks like a giant person to me. And, yeah. Uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Him David Harbour. Yeah, yeah. That looks like a big guy to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some turtles news. Oh uh, yeah. Casting news. I uh, a CGI movie they're working on. Is that uh, what this is going to be? It's going to be a, a, a cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, well, you thought this would be a live action thing? I thought these were Muppets. I, yeah. I was hoping it was yeah. too. I didn't know what this was. I just, I just saw the cast today and was like, oh my god, if they make a Muppet movie with these people, I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> It would have been amazing. Uh, but yeah, John Cena is playing Rocksteady. Uh, one of the Rogans is playing Bebop. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, the Jewish he, one. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's the Jewish yes, one. Yes, to be clear. To be, oh, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I think Joe Rogan may be too. But... No way. <laughs> I'm not he, sure. I don't know. No, but, half of his guests would not go on that show <laughs> if he was Jewish. <laughs> that's probably true. Uh Jackie Chan's playing Splinter, Giancarlo Esposito is playing Baxter Stockman, and it all sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I love that John Cena is playing a gigantic hippopotamus man um, who wears cool sunglasses and shreds guitar. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, Ninja Turtles are a property. um, I love the original Eastman and Laird. Ninja Turtles. I am getting more and more into them again uh, lately. I, I picked up the first two issues, like original printing recently. I think I was showing them to you. You did. Um, you did. Yeah. I'm in love again with the turtles again. Yeah. Like um, we're, we're working on some comic book stuff and I'm, I get off on zip tone and screen tones, <laughs> like a psychopath. Like I think yeah. it's so cool. And it's a black so, and white book, right? So it's, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And yeah. there is so much, not just zip tone, but like that duo tone, like that paper with the different chemicals that you would lay on it. So mm-hmm. it would like, you know, um, I just think it's so funny that these guys in like a New Jersey apartment created like a billion dollar property. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of excited for Jackie Chan to play Master Splinter. Uh, even though I think it can go wrong real south. quick. 
Yeah, but still, like, kind of in the best way possible. You know what I mean? But uh, it could get Nemoidian real quick in there, you know? <laughs> Good. It could. It could. Yeah, yeah. it totally could. I- I'm a fan of the turtles just from the cartoon and the old movies. I have been meaning to check out the comics, though. It's just only so much time in the day. You would love them. They're so fun. They're so fun. Just as uh, kind of an anomaly of indie comics to just exist. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of those kind of comics from the 80s that were like so hyper independent are are kind of difficult to find. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, like you can get your Jeff Darrow comics and shit like that nowadays. Thank God. Um, well, and- Turtles is big enough that I'm sure that they've been in collected editions, I would assume. Oh, dude, they're owned by Nickelodeon. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize that, Yeah, I figured that was just for, like, TV rights and things like that, but yeah. No, I have a reprinting right here uh, that IDW put out, but it's got Nickelodeon's name written on oh, wow. it, like, real big. Yeah, like, real, real big. But IDW, like, for a company that publishes, like, a lot of licensed stuff, um, they do like put a lot of care into their books. You know, they're usually the guys who end up doing those artist editions. Um, somehow, I don't know how that licensing works. I think it's because the artists own their pages. So yeah, the, the IDW at like every comic book convention I've ever gone to, there's like an IDW booth where, um, they say like, if you have the original pages from this artist, please. And they scan them at the conventions. Oh wow! To to make those artisan editions, like I just got the, uh, <clears throat> I just got the um, what's it called? Uh, Mike Mignola's Hellboy in Hell, which is a pretty recent book, but it's got some older stuff in there, and that's put out through IDW, despite it being like a Dark Horse property. And the McFarlane Spider Man came out that was put out through IDW, even mm-hmm. though it's like Disney. Like they play ball, they put out good shit. So like, if you want to check out some of the old turtles it's pretty easy to do because idw is out there doing it and people swear by the new series like people say it's really good um the last ronin do you know about that mini series took a long yeah, time yeah yeah i've heard that's great i have a friend that's read it uh like in one of my day-to-day life friends or whatnot yeah, yeah, yeah. he did it so yeah someday 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 you got any more news no no i believe that's it unless you've got something uh, Jack and shit, man. I'm just excited that we finally get back to some fun Disney Plus content that's not driving both of us crazy. <laughs> now we're sincerely looking yeah. forward to. Yeah, yeah not yet. Uh, but so far, so good. We're off to a good start. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about Chapter 18, Episode 2 of Season 3, The Mandalorian, uh, whose title is uh, yet to be announced. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. You can also join in on the conversation at our uh, Facebook page, the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place that Kira Travis and I uh, started curated with a bunch of fellow like-minded uh, people such as ourselves to talk anything and everything related to Marvel, Star Wars, pop culture, you name it. Um, we have a pretty fun announcement coming out soon. I think a Kickstarter page will be launched for Travis. So we'll oh. start. Yeah, we'll start plugging that soon, which I'm excited about. Um, yeah. 
with that being said though until next week my name is john i'm travis and jedi poodoo <clears throat> mcclunky